0: praise shall continually be in my mouth. He's worthy to be praised. He's done so much more for me than hit a little white ball over a wall or put a pigskin past the line or drive that race car past the checkered flag. God's been too good to me to sit silent on a Sunday. So pardon me a moment while I Praise a God that's worthy. I think I'm going to go ahead and do it again. God. Praise will be in my voice. My worship belongs. My hallelujah belongs to you. Sing it with me now. My hallelujah belongs to you. I've got to give Him Praise. I, we've sang it before even in this service I think he was waiting on somebody to give him yours go ahead and sing it right now
1: my, my hallelujah, hallelujah belongs to you. he's waited all day
0: for you just to say hallelujah,
1: my hallelujah can you just give him one word of praise hallelujah you. he wants it from your heart today my hallelujah Jesus, my, my hallelujah my hallelujah God, I give you praise.
0: God, I give you praise. My hallelujah belongs to you. He deserves, He
1: deserves, He deserves. i
0: myself to you. Stand with me, if you will, for the reading of God's Word today found in the book of St. John, the ninth chapter. I'll begin reading in verse 23 of St. John chapter nine. I'm thrilled that you're with us. Josh, we're glad you're here today. God bless you. Always glad to have you. We're thankful for the guests that are with the youngs today. Happy to have you all. Delighted that you're here today. To all of our home folk, we're happy to have you. For those that are missing, perhaps viewing online, we're so thankful that you've joined us online. If you would, please make note that there are multiple people that are missing and just reach out to them. Say, hey, we missed you in the house of the Lord today. What a great group that's gathered. It's looking better and better every Sunday. And the fact of the matter is that while we see bigger and bigger crowds, we still have multiple people missing. So just think of what it could be if everybody that wasn't here was and It would be wonderful. So help me with that if you don't mind. And reach out to those that are missing and let them know that they were missed in the house of the Lord. Verse 23 of St. John chapter 9. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind. Somebody say was blind. And said unto him, give God the praise... We know that this man is a sinner. They're talking about our God. They're talking about Jesus. He answered. His response was this. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. I don't know whether he's a sinner. This guy didn't know anything about who it was that had just healed him of his blindness. He says this in conclusion. One thing I know that whereas I was blind, somebody say was blind, whereas I was blind, now I see. Now I see. Somebody say that with me. Now I see. That's what I want to preach to you today. I was blind. Now I see. I'm thankful for the opportunity for my eyes to be open and to see what the Spirit wants me to see. If you want God to do for you what you need Him to, would you just lift your hand and your voice and offer some praise to the Lord, right? Somebody praise Him through your pain. Somebody praise Him through your problem. Somebody let Praise become your anthem. Let, let praise ring today. Oh, why don't you clap your hands? Come on, somebody. Help me rejoice. Let's just give God a little praise. Let's take a little praise break and celebrate that our Savior is a Savior that can open the eyes that were blind. Not only naturally, but I believe spiritually. God, I pray that it would happen today and we give you great praise. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless You, you may be seated. I know this is a risky move, but I'm going to go ahead and get a little risky today, and I'm going to ask everybody here, I I mean... I understand perhaps you're still feeling a little slumber trying to grab hold of you and that heavy weight of the leftovers are just laying heavy in your stomach today and you're just, you're just maybe hungover from the holiday that we just had where you ate too much turkey and dressing and all of the fixings. But I'm still going to risk it. I'm going to ask everybody here if you'll just close your eyes. That, way, that could happen in a second. Just that's, I've seen it happen. But just close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes. What you see right now is what nearly 50 million people in the world are dealing with. What you see, with, your, if you did what I asked and you closed your eyes, then what you're seeing with your eyes closed is what 50, nearly 50 million people deal with on a daily basis. Now, please do open your eyes. I would appreciate it greatly if you would come back to me now. Unpleasant at the very least, challenging and difficult. As I prepared for this message, I considered what it must be like and I wondered as my eyesight, my eyesight, Amos, it ain't what it used to be. Let's just go ahead and face the facts. It's not what it used to be I'm finding out sister McMillan that the numbers keep going up on the plus it used to be plus one now it's at least plus two and it could be more that I'm needing in order to be able to read the thing it's difficult when your eyesight is leaving you I had something happen I was uh, doing I was throwing a grill away at one time and something got into my eye and I used to be right eye dominant and now I'm left eye dominant and that, that messes with you a little bit and my my right eye Aaron it's not everything that it needs to be and I I thought how difficult this is dealing with this but how much worse it would be if I could not see anything nearly 50 million people wake up every day and they see what you saw just a few moments ago when you had your eyes closed they see nothing they're unable to see they're blind. Somebody say blind. They are blind. As I consider that and the challenges that must come with blindness and the difficulty that must come with blindness, as I thought about that that statistic, 50 million people are blind. I, I can't think of that many right now People that I know that are blind Now I know some people that drive like they are But I don't ever see I know that there are people that deal with some difficulty Like I'm talking about But I'm talking about somebody that can't see at all I don't know that many people I remember one particular student in my high school that was blind And he had that stick and, And he had to tap his way through the hallway And I think of the challenges that he had to deal with Because of that blindness And how difficult that must have been And I wonder what it must be like for these 50 million people As they try to navigate through this difficult, dreaded disease of blindness. As I pondered that and considered the fact, it certainly would be challenging. It would would be something that if if at all possible, I'm certain that everyone... I I doubt that there's one of the 50 million that would say, you know what, if I had an opportunity to have my sight, I'm just going to pass. I think that probably every person that's blind, if you said, hey, I have a cure for blindness, they would say... I'll take it. I'll get in line. It would be it would be better than the Black Friday sales. Just so happened that Friday, I was up earlier than I should have been up and on my way out of town. I noticed Walmart wasn't quite open, but there were people that were lined up outside the door lined up for some bargain they were going to get on Black Friday. And I thought, I I wonder what it would look like if there was somebody that was said that if you come we can cure your blind. It would look better than the Black Friday sales. It would be people lined up this entire city, this entire region would be filled with people that would say, I'm going to be there because I want the ability to have sight. I cannot see and I'll do whatever I need to do. I'm not going to try to get a whole lot of money off of the greatest and the latest. I want to get in line because I want this thing that no one else can offer. I want the ability to see. And I thought about 50 million people like that. Then I considered the fact that everyone, everyone is born spiritually blind. Every one of us from the pulpit and the pastor to the back pew and everyone in between, we are born spiritually blind. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and incended; my mother conceived me. I was born a sinner. For all have sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we understand that this this difficulty, this challenge of blindness, is more than a natural thing, but it's also a spiritual thing that all of us deal with. Everyone is born blind. There's no cure that has been found for blindness. There's no pill that you take. There's no solution that you drink. There's nothing that has been provided that can eliminate blindness naturally. No. But spiritually, there is a solution set Blindness, and I believe as we read this particular passage, perhaps one of my favorite passages in one of my favorite books, the Book of John, the ninth chapter. If you were to read the Book of of Saint John, chapter nine, you would find, and it came to pass that as Jesus passed by, verse one tells us, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth; he was born blind. He had never. Scene. Brother Casey, I can't imagine what it must have been like to have been as this man was where never did he see a sunrise. Never did he see a sunset. Never was he able to witness the things that all of those that were, oh, I wish you could see it. I, I've actually thought about this, Sister Myrtle, as I was thinking about this message. I thought, you know, how, how it would be. I, I was thinking about duck hunting, and I was thinking what it would be like to try to duck hunt blind. I kind of feel that way as it is right now, but I wonder what it would be like. And I'll be like, Brother Larry, could you just or could you say to your left just a little bit? Could you just tell? okay, it's to your left. And I pull the trigger, and I'm like, did I get it? I'd have to listen and see, did it fall? How horrible that would be. But to know that this man had never seen anything. He was blind from his birth. Verse 2, Brother Johnson, if you would just keep putting them up. We find that verse 2 of this particular passage. we were introduced to this man that's blind from his birth. And then verse 2 says that his disciples. This is Jesus' disciples. The ones that God has Chosen to accompany him to minister to those that are a part of the great world that Jesus came to seek and to save all that were lost. To open the eyes of the blind. And and these disciples, this, this is what I think we need to get as a church. And I've been preaching to this church passionately about. It. We need to consider the people that are lost. We need to be be concerned and care about the fact that there's a world around us that's going to hell. There's a world around us that's headed for hell. Headlong to hell while we have a great happy time every Sunday. These disciples were, in my opinion, they were blind to what Jesus was wanting to do. Right here it tells us, Master, this is what the disciples want to know. They see this. Jesus sees this blind man. Do you know what Jesus sees when he sees this blind man? He sees an opportunity. He sees an opportunity, Jerry, to, to heal him and to have his eyes open. He's going to do a miracle for this guy. The disciples see him and they're like, okay, man, who's, whose fault is it that he's blind? The blame game. Does anybody know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the blame game? Well, I wonder what he did, right? I wonder what she did. Is there anybody glad that nobody knows? all of the things that you've done wrong? And if you didn't at least nod your head, then you're lying and somebody needs to know that you probably ought to feel bad about that. I'm glad that you don't know every mistake I've made and you don't want to know, if I'm being honest, I'm glad I don't know everyone you have. Well, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Because it was associated that blindness was a curse from sin. Well, who did sin? We want to know whose fault it is. Tell me whose fault it is that people are the way that they are. I want to know why they're in that situation. How many of you have ever seen people that have judged people and said, Well, you know, if they wouldn't have done that, they wouldn't be there. Duh. Come on. What's wrong with these people? Why are they doing that? Why are they doing, that's God. God forbid that we get in the business of assessing people with judgment and we're the one that gets to decide, well, you know, they didn't do that right and they didn't do, they're not entitled to having their eyes open. They don't deserve. When we sing, my hallelujah belongs to you, and we say, you deserve it, there's no doubt that He deserves it. But we're not in the business of deciding what people deserve. God's grace gets to decide what people deserve. And grace is unmerited favor, which means you don't earn it. If you got something from God today, you didn't get it because you earned it. You got it because God's grace is amazing. That's everybody. Master. Who did sin? Was it this man or his parents that he was born blind? Verse 3, please, Brother Johnson. We see as he's perhaps, perhaps a little bit frustrated and annoyed with his disciples. He says, neither at this man sinned nor his parents that he was born blind, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. The situation that he's in is an opportunity for God to get glory. Now think about this. Think about this. The situation that he's in, it's a dreadful situation. He's never seen a sunrise. He's never seen a sunset. He's never seen anything. He was born blind. And that horrible difficulty is now viewed by Christ as an opportunity for God to get glory. If I was sitting in this sanctuary and my life was a mess, if I was sitting in this sanctuary and I had hell happening all around me, if I was dealing with some difficulty that I don't know the answer to, I would begin to get a little encouraged to know that God can take messes and make miracles, that He desires for the Son of God to get glory, that the man of God can tell me today that there is a possibility that my mess can Can be a miracle in the making. Somebody needs to know. That it doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter how bad it's gotten. It doesn't matter if you've given up hope. God has not given up. And that what you're going through. You're going through. Because there is a God. That wants to do something for you. That only He can do. So that He can get the glory. Paint the picture as poorly as possible. Put it out there and make it so bad that you wouldn't wish it on your enemy. And all you've done is created a canvas for Christ to portray a masterpiece. Doesn't matter how bad it is, brother Larry. Doesn't matter how difficult the circumstance. It doesn't matter how bad the dilemma is. Doesn't matter how impossible it feels. It's possibility for the miraculous. So frustrated with the disciples. So frustrated with the disciples. They're letting me down here. I mean, I thought that they would see that this is a chance for Jesus to open the guy's eyes. And they're missing it. They're missing it. Hey, I hope and pray and preach and teach and believe that we cannot miss a moment we cannot come in on Sunday and miss an opportunity this could be the someday this could be the someday this could be the Sunday that somebody says I was blind but now I see it could be the day that you say I didn't have any hope I didn't see any way out I didn't see a solution but somehow and some way on this Sunday the Savior stepped on the sea. and when Jesus Shows up. That means there's a possibility where there's a problem. There's a solution where there's a situation that seems impossible. Somebody needs to be encouraged. Now, for all of you that are on cloud nine and everything's just a okay, God bless you. You're dismissed. You'll beat us to Grecian, That's great. But if you're people like I know people, then you got problems. You got circumstance and situation that you need God to come through for you. Don't leave just yet. Don't leave just yet. Because there is a message that I'm preaching today. And that message is, I was blind, but now, what it used to be, it isn't anymore, because He did for me what nobody else could do. You see this? This situation, this situation is so that the works of God should may be made manifest in him. Verse 4, if you would, Brother Johnson, I believe what happens here is Christ goes into a discourse. And he says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This is a pretty powerful discourse here. This is a great message, so to speak. If if you've ever heard a great message, you just heard, not because I'm preaching, I'm telling you what the Bible says. This is a great message that he preached. I must work the works of him that sent me while his day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. It was powerful. That's encouraging. And when he had thus spoken, the Bible says, when he got done, I usually don't wait till I'm done before I spit. I usually spit the middle of my message because i'm preaching as passionately as possible and sometimes it just happens isn't that right brother no but when he got done wonder he spit on the ground then after he spit on the ground he did what some of us have done before he made a little mud ball anybody ever made a mud ball I mean, just... anybody ever ate a mud ball anybody know what i'm talking about spits on the ground can you guys imagine this Jesus when he's done preaching he spits on the ground and then gets down on the ground where he spit on the ground and makes mud out of his spit and the dirt I'm I'm not making this stuff up it's in there and then he takes that mud in his hand Thankfully, the guy's blind at this point because he walks over to where the guy is and he wipes the mud in the guy's face. I know. I'm thinking the same thing. What do you think this guy's thinking? I mean, how would you feel if you were sitting there and somebody takes mud and wipes it in your face? Aren't you glad you're home? Has anybody ever felt like this guy? That you had mud on your face? What's the next line? Yeah. The sad truth of it is every one of us have felt that way. I want to remind you, there are nearly 50 million people in the world that are blind, but every person in the world was spiritually blind. So, excuse me, don't put on your professional Pentecostal approach and act like you were just born a Pentecostal. I want everybody to understand, we were all born sinners. We never get to the place where we look down on you and say, oh, come on, you want to be somebody? Come be like, no, absolutely not. We all know we come the same way. We go to an altar. We repent of our sins. We're baptized in Jesus' name. He washes those sins away. We get the Holy Ghost. And then we can say, I was blind. But now, you got to do... What he tells you to do, and then you can have what he tells you, you can have. It's pretty simple. It's not really that complex. Why do we make this so complex? It's not really that complex. When you have mud all over your face, you're in a situation that you need to do what he says. He said, Well, I don't have mud on my face. If you were born, you got mud on your face. Sin represents that. Marred mud. Mud on your face. So, what do I do, Pastor? What do I do, Preacher? If I got mud on my face, what do I do if I can't see? If you got mud in your eyes, you can't see. That's what happens to every one of you and me. We were born with mud in our face, we can't see. Well, Jesus, after He puts this mud on the guy's face, He says, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. It's important when you got mud on your face to go wash in the pool. How many have ever come in, you've been dirty, and your mom or your wife or somebody says, you're not coming to the table like that. Go wash up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Go wash up. Go wash your hands. Go wash your face. and You're all dirty and you're nasty and you're... When, you're, when you have mud on your face, you need to wash. Pretty pretty cut and dried here. He said, what do I got to do with this situation? That, that I'm, this is the way that I am. What do I do? He says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. I believe it's important for us to understand that if we want to see, I believe every person here today can say, I was blind. But before you can say, I now see, you have to wash. I believe it's important i believe it's important you say what is is there significance to baptism absolutely there's, there's significance to baptism it's the first step the first the second step of salvation the first step is you have to admit you have to be willing to say i got mud on my face because if you act like you're a prima donna and you're just perfect and you're pristine and there's no problems with you then you're lying to yourself and everybody else every single one of us have mud on our face and we have to admit we have to recognize we have to repent and say i'm sorry for the things that i've done wrong i've made some mistakes Is there anybody here that you've never made a mistake? It would be a mistake to raise your hand. No one here has never made a mistake. So, we recognize it. We see, we feel, there's mud on my face. I'm going to go wash. So we go, we do what he says. Repent. Okay, sorry. Head to the baptismal tank. Go wash in the pool of slum. He went his way. He went his way. We have water, what doth enter thee? If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, I encourage you today to understand the significance of that step. It is a vital, significant step. And what's so exciting about it is after you've repented and you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, then you are guaranteed to see. It's a guarantee. The gift is a guarantee. It's a guarantee. There were some Black Friday deals that said if we're out of stock, too bad, so sad. I tried to get them a little bit later. I didn't want to go ahead and try to get it at that particular time. I checked later. Out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. Everything was out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. I want to tell you that sight is not out of stock. If you do what he tells you to do, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says this. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seen. This guy that was blind, Jerry, he was blind from his birth. He had never seen anything. Christ spits, makes mud, puts it in his eyes, says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he did it. And he sees. That's spectacular. Now, you don't look too impressed by that, but I want you to understand that if you were that man and you had never seen anything and somebody put mud in your face and you went to a pool and washed and you could see, you'd be pretty excited. There would probably be a smile on your face, I'm guessing. It's kind of like, I love to see there, I'm involved in children's ministry and one of the greatest things that's in children's ministry is when people, when these kids get the Holy Ghost for the first time, it is just unobstructed, pure joy. Some kids are just crying and laughing at the same time. It's just so awesome. Josh, there's nothing like it to see a kid get the Holy Ghost. I love to see people experience sight for the very first time. I I've got to believe that this guy was just going crazy. He was just like, whoa, wow, look at that. Whoa, you're beautiful. You know what he saw for the very first time? You know what he saw before he saw anybody's face or figure or whatever it was? Do You know what he saw when he opened his eyes for the very first time and had the ability to see? He saw... I remind you, the message that the man preached right before he spit and made mud and wiped it in his face was, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This guy saw the light. Why? Because he did what the light said to do so he was able to see when he could not see. To you on this Sunday morning nigh into the afternoon as it's already arrived, that this is what you must do in order to see what he wants you to see. You gotta do what he tells you to do. But it's worth it every time. Here's what I'm here's what I'm feeling right now. There are people. People that we know, perhaps people that are here, they're dealing with situations that you can see no way out. It's not going to end well. It's not going to end well. It's not going to be good. It can't be good. It's bad. And it doesn't seem to be getting better. It seems to be getting worse. And there's circumstance after circumstance. And people here are dealing with difficulty. And you can't see a solution. Hope. Deferred makes the heart sick. And there are so many of us. Do you know that we're coming into the December month? And in December, everybody... Oh, what a festive time. I mean, Christmas lights, Christmas songs. They're already playing them. It's crazy. Wow, whoa, it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to get the gift I've always wanted. You're going to get the gift. We're going to give gifts. Get gifts. We're going to eat. We're going to have fun. We're gonna, and then there are people that are dealing with crisis. And dealing with depression. Who have lost people and are hurting and their pain their pain is is it's covered up with a feigned smile. They need something more than Christmas joy. Hear what I'm telling you today. They need more than Christmas joy because there are some that have no joy at Christmas because of all the hell that's happening. It's hard to be happy in the middle of hell. Is there anybody that wants to say amen? So what do I do? What do I do? Well, I think that what you should do is when you hear the voice of the Spirit, You don't like the fact, nobody would like the fact that the guy spit on the ground, made mud, and then wiped it in the eye. But the guy didn't go anywhere until the Lord Jesus Christ said, go wash in the pool. And as soon as he said, go wash in the pool, the Bible said, he went his way, therefore, and washed and came seen. And came seen. So, stand with me if you will. The crisis crisis to Christ is an opportunity to get glory. Everybody that's dealing with a difficulty presents a possibility for a miracle. Now here's what I believe. That you are the only one that can reap the result of receiving sight and it's according to your actions if he tells the blind man sister laura go wash in the pool of salome and his neighbor says i'll do it for him then he stays there a muddy mess and never sees. if you sit in your pew and When the pastor says, I make an invitation to come to an altar where you'll find a Savior that will do a miracle for you and you decide to stay where you are, don't expect Him to do for you what He's going to do for me because I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm going to respond to the Word and reap a result. If you don't respond to the Word, you don't reap the result. Perhaps you'll remember just a week ago I preached that what? the lepers did was responded to the Word. They reaped a result. All of them were healed. One of them was made whole. That attitude of gratitude elevated the healing to a wholeness. The message is still the same today. A response to the Word brings a result. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I wonder is there one, two, three perhaps hundreds of people here today and viewing online that would say, I need the Lord to do something for me. If that's you, would you just simply lift your hand, heaven? Lord? Almost everybody in the place lifts their hand because all of us need Him to help. Now, here's what I want you to understand. We all, I was blind. That's the word. I was blind. Now, I see. This guy didn't even know whether Christ that had just healed him was a sinner or not. He knew so little about the Lord. You don't have to know a lot about the Lord in order for the Lord to do a miracle for you. All you have to do is believe what He says and do it. Every person that lifted their hand. If you will simply step out from where you are, walk to the front of this building, you will find here an altar. And if you will begin to worship, God will work a miracle. I believe there are people that are walking to the front of this building that need God to do something for you. And He will, as you respond, you will reap a result today. I was blind, now I see. Somebody can leave and say today, now I see now I see I wonder would you begin to worship and praise a God that will work on your behalf go wash in the pool of Siloam and he went his way therefore and washed and came seen this man didn't know too much about Jesus but he knew enough to do what he said and he reaped a miracle that day the same can be said for you I was blind now I see I was blind. Now I see. It was a mess. Now it's a miracle. It was a disaster. Now it's my destiny. God is working for me. Come on, let the Holy Ghost help you today. Come on, let the Holy Ghost help you today.
1: I was blind. But now I see. Now I
0: you can say now I see the if you don't have the courage to come perhaps kneel where you are sit down, put your head forward I ask that everybody in the house would pray to God today to take presence. the trouble away to heal, to help, to set free in to deliver, to fill oh come on, we're all blind And we all can see. We're all blind. But we all can see. I was blind now. I see.